Hello and welcome to Reggie'sTake.com podcast number 17. Have you had a chance to see the movie Batman vs. Superman? Donna Justice. If you have, did you like it or did you hate it? My guest and I have seen it and we're going to give you our opinions and thoughts on the movie. Were the critics overly harsh with their reviews? Did they get it right? We'll weigh on that as well. And now that Batman vs. Superman is finally here, what does the film tell us about the future of Warner Brothers and DC's own superhero extended universe? Does Marvel actually have anything to worry about? There is an R-rated version of the film coming out in home video. It was announced before the movie actually came out to theaters. Was that a good move or a bad move on Warner Warner Brothers part. We got a lot to cover today. We're going to get through it as best we can. And as always, joining me today is my guest and CEO of the True Believers, the one who makes reading letters from fans to the comics seem cool, James. Welcome. I'm I'm not sure if I make it seem cool. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but thank you for that introduction. Yeah, you're welcome. How's life? Life is good. Life is good. We've been doing a lot more podcasts lately. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And I just got done seeing... Well, I didn't just get done. I saw it a few days ago, but I did see the movie, and I'm excited to talk about it. I just saw it yesterday, uh, at least as, as of this recording. My initial reaction after seeing the movie, and I kind of texted you this as well, was, wow. <laughs> I just texted back a simple LOL, because yeah. I wasn't sure. I was like, Is that, that a- wow could go either way. It could be like, wow, this movie's amazing, or wow, this movie's a big pile of turd. So <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure. So I just wanted to wait until the podcast to see oh, yeah. what, what you meant by that. Uh, my wow was in wow. I was sitting in my seat left stunned in the sense of I didn't expect a few things that they did in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was just thoroughly, as a movie-going paying patron, at least for me, I was entertained. I To give a simple, quick review of the movie, of, or not a review, but a simple, quick opinion, I would say I didn't love the movie, but I did like it. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. There was a lot in the movie I did like. When I went into the movie, I, I've gotten to the point where don't really read review. I try not to read too many reviews anymore, which I know is hypocritical because here we are reviewing the movie. Right. But whatever. <laughs> um, I, I knew going into it that it had a pretty low Rotten Tomato score. 30%, I believe. 30%, which is really low. But I also, this movie, I guess, really did have a lot of hype surrounding it, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's been, been what, being promoted since, what, probably early last year? Yeah. I mean, with teasers and the trailers. And I, I told you before, like, I never really got into the hype on this movie. Like, not until the last trailer. Like, every time, like, you'd show me a trailer, someone else would show me one. I was like, eh. So, for me, going in, I, I thought, you know what? This is actually not a bad movie. This is, um, it has its problems. But, uh, for the most part, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I liked it better than, well... I need to see it a second time, and I do need to see it a second time just because the movie, there's so much going on in the movie that I feel like it. I need a second viewing just to see, just to understand it again. I will say, the initial viewing that I had with Man of Steel, I did not like that movie at all. That movie, if you didn't know, was also directed by Zack Zack Snyder. Snyder. I did not like it at all. Second time I saw it, I wound up seeing it a second time because another friend wanted to go see it, so I was like, sure. Saw it a second time. Second time, I 
did like it a lot more. Again, I still have issues with it. I'm not going to say that this movie is better or worse because I haven't decided yet, but I am going to say that my initial viewing of this movie, yeah, I liked it, which is more than I can say about my initial viewing of Man of Steel. And I, part of that is just because I was like probably more ready towards Zack Snyder. But I think also, um, I do think that the dialogue was written a little bit better in this movie. It's not great dialogue, but it was written a little bit better than a Man of Steel, and I could be wrong. I saw the movie as kind of two movies wrapped into one. Yeah. I saw it as, well, actually almost, you want to say three movies wrapped in one, if you yeah, really want to be you honest. You can say that, yeah. You it, can it was, totally say that. It was a, uh, a pseudo Man of Steel 2, in a certain sense, okay? And there's certain podcasts I've been trying to avoid no. that I listen to that criticize certain scenes of the movie, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But I found what they did with Superman as kind of him trying to understand of his reasonings why he really should be here or why he should be continuing and him trying to understand his place in humanity which I felt what they did in the movie was fine. You could almost also look at it as a solo introduction Batman movie as well. Mm -hmm. You got a heavy dose of Bruce Wayne. You as, did. As Batman and that was fine. I thought Ben Affleck did a wonderful job mm -hmm. as, as Bruce Wayne mm -hmm. and Batman. He's got a little bit of a dark side to him, jaded, but as the film shows you, he's got legitimate reasons, at least from what I saw, to feel the way he does. And the third part of this, and the, and the very small part of this, was also setting up their Justice League. So I, I saw them as kind of like three movies kind of wrapped into one. Okay, maybe this movie could have been better if it had been split off and maybe done separately at different points. But for what they did, for what they put out, for what they gave us as a fan, wanting to be thoroughly entertained with a superhero movie, I was entertained. Yeah, yeah, and that's all you can really ask for. I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the uh, Justice League setup. Well, when I say setup, I mean, it's a minor setup. I mean, they're slowly introducing you to the point of they're getting there. I think, but I think it was a minor. I think thing. that I don't know that the setup of all the Justice League because first you have uh, Batman's weird Flash dream, and then you have all that all that stuff later where he's looking up stuff on on the LexCorp on, that was put on his flash drive by Wonder Woman. All that stuff I think probably could have been cut out. Like that could have been saved for like a uh, Blu-ray box set or something. I think it, it was very distracting, and the the big difference between them and Marvel, for the most part, they have organically let the characters grow rather than cram it all into the second movie. Right. Now, Marvel has come close to that on two separate movies. First one was Iron Man 2. They start, during the middle of that movie, they start talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. maybe a little too much right there. And they kind of learned from their mistake. They did it again in Age of Ultron, but with Age of Ultron, that's what, their 10th movie or something? Yeah. What, by that point, like, you've earned it. I, I think with Batman versus Superman, unless you're going to put all the characters in there and make them, like, an actual part of the story, like, don't bother setting up the sequel. Because maybe Spider-Man 2 made that mistake and they made that mistake hard. You know, I think... Well, I think we've discussed before, Spider-Man 2, at least in my opinion, led you to believe they were going one way with it. Or at least where they were heading towards Spider-Man 3. They somewhat touched on it, but then, but they never really went through with it all the way. I'm Are you talking about Amazing Spider-Man? I'm talking about the second Spider-Man with, with Tobey Maguire. No, Ooh. see, I'm talking about... Amazing. Okay, right, right. so we're on two different paths yeah, with that. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, okay. Amazing Spider-Man, Okay, where they said up all these villains and all these storylines like oh get ready for this 
Spider-Man universe we're creating and then they don't create it because instead of, you know, actually focusing on making a good movie like the original Spider-Man 2, how weird is that? Yeah. But um, instead of focusing on making a good movie, they wanted to use that movie as a catalyst for like a whole bunch of spinoffs and it's like, you can't really do that. Marvel hasn't done that. They'll throw hints here and there and they're usually after the credits, but they still try to make a coherent story. And DC... They didn't do quite as bad with that as um, Amazing Spider-Man did, but they they were pushing it, I think. I I think they could have left a lot of that stuff out, or they could have made it a post-credits thing. Problem is, like, like if they do a post-credits thing, then everyone's going to be like, ooh, that's what Marvel does, even though other companies have been doing it too. Marvel's the one that's made it popular. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, but I think they should have, if they really wanted to do that, save it for a Blu-ray box set, make it a short... Make it a short five-minute film or something mm-hmm. to go with it. I don't know what I would have done. I, I'm, I don't make movies, but I, I think that's what they should have done uh, <laughs> rather than cram all that stuff in there. I also think, well, let's continue. Go ahead and continue. Uh, uh, you're fine. Let's take uh, the first part of this as uh, just talking about the Batman part of Batman sure. versus Superman. Sure. Do you think, in in your opinion, Zack Snyder made Batman too much of a dark vigilante, too brutal, or did he do it just right, or did he not go far enough? You know, I think I was okay with what Zack Snyder did with Batman, honestly. You know, I don't mind a darker version of the character. And the thing about Batman, Batman's personality changes every decade. Right. I mean, it's been more or less the same throughout the past 20 years but i mean you know and christian bale's batman was very different than any batman in the comics like if i were to say so i would say personality wise ben affleck's batman is closer to at least certain iterations of the comics than probably anyone else on screen now grant like i said that character personality changes every 10 years and people need to remember that we haven't seen smiling happy batman in a long time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he used to smile under that cowl. Wonder uh, what happened. Zack Snyder and DC had to make a certain distinction between this Batman and the Batman who's been less than what four or five years since we saw it with Christian Bale. Yeah. You couldn't come anywhere close because you didn't want to confuse anyone of saying it was the same uh, adaptation, but you had to make it different enough to people realize, okay, this is not christopher nolan's batman that he did for three movies. And so I had no problems with where they took no, Batman. And- uh, he, who was also a very good Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck, you know, if I'm going to be honest with you... And I also like the fact that they actually showed Bruce Wayne, quote, kind of being a detective in a certain sense. Yeah. I mean, they showed him trying to figure out what the hell's going on, who was this guy, and his mind destroyed the world at any moment if he wanted to, and no one could stop him. They really showed him trying to figure out how I'm going to stop this guy, what is it I need to do to go after him, and I like that part, because that's, that's really what Batman is. Batman is, quote, your ultimate detective, and he's outside the law. And, and I like that they showed that with him. I know that was always a big... A lot of people criticize that with Christopher Nolan that they... I still think that Christian Bale... Batman was also like I mean they showed him being a detective, detective. but like I guess they didn't focus enough on that to, in some people's minds I mean give or take but I, 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 I think with this one they 
they were able to focus a little more on that since there's less there's less in his life right so to speak like uh and we don't know a lot about this batman i mean we're getting a look into this batman for a batman who's already been around supposedly 20 years yeah so we don't know really what he's been through technically well they give us glimpses of what supposedly he's gone through obviously with the robin costume and obviously you making the assumption that the jokers killed uh, that robin mm-hmm. but as far as that we just assume he's he's had the quote the hard batman comic life with dealing with all the criminals and having to put them away and he's a little cynical which is what you normally don't get from a lot of the previous incarnations of batman on on the screen well dark knight rises well dark knight rises yes but But that was the last part of the story yeah that was the third part you recently just watched the uh animated version of the dark knight returns i i still remember the book quite well um i think he reminded me a lot of that character of that version of the character yeah it's like i said like batman's personality does change all the time i thought all the batman stuff really worked actually i'll tell you one of my favorite scenes in the movie and this is where Zack snyder okay he's he's a very stylized very stylistic director and i think sometimes he does it too much in this movie he certainly did it too much there were scenes that did not really require stylization but when he did it right he did it very good in this particular scene it's the one it's that scene where batman's chasing the russians or whatever in the batmobile Uh uh-huh i thought that scene was pretty cool it's an amazing scene actually and he's chasing and all of a sudden it does the typical Zack snyder slow down uh, (laughs) slow motion while he's chasing him he sees Superman just standing there and keep in mind while he's chasing him in the Batmobile he's like blowing shit up he's like towing a throwing, car yeah. and then letting it release in it so the yeah. car hits a barrier goes over doing and this lands on the other car incredible stuff with yeah. this vehicle and then all of a sudden the camera just slows down and there's Superman in the middle of the road and Superman like flicks it and then the camera speeds up again but Superman just kind of flicks it out of his way and that I think was like an amazing scene like no matter how much of a force Batman is Superman is just a force of nature that can just flick him away. And that, I thought, was an incredible scene. Might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie. You know, this movie, you had Bruce Wayne coming to the realization from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie of hating Superman, coming to terms with Superman, and then, in the end, helping Superman out. Oh, speaking of, I gotta say, the part of uh, Man of Steel that I always bitch about, to the point where I even annoy myself, you know, there's all that destruction at the end of the movie, which I will say i do like how they worked that into this movie how they showed that scene so to speak but from bruce wayne's point Point of view view. while he was visiting metropolis or whatever and he's out there like trying to get away and trying to help people and all this and he's seeing you know i mean he's batman but he's seeing this alien force that is just unstoppable i mean you know and the wheels are turning in his head and i thought that was a really well done i and i really liked how it almost makes me dislike that scene in the first movie a little less almost <laughs> there you go the cast was great too by the way um you know not just ben affleck henry cavill is great as superman i loved him in the first movie he's great amy adams is a great lois lane and the fact that those two are living together at least that's what they imply yeah which is uh, something different you don't think normally see on the movies but i i was okay with that i am too you know i i know one of the big one of the biggest parts of superman mythos is the idea that he always has to hide his identity 
T from Lois Lane. And I get why some people would be upset about that in these movies. But for me, it's like, why don't we just see their relationship for once? Like, I mean, we've, we've done the will they, won't they right. for, uh, what is it, 80 years now? I mean, like, let's yeah. let, let's see what a relationship between the two would and, be. And, and one of the critics on the podcast I listened to after I saw the movie just hated that entire whole bathtub scene. Just thought that could be... Why? Does he not like Amy Adams' boobs? I don't know, but he just thought that whole scene was unnecessary. God. And I Jeez, think he's what a prude. I that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> With Superman's whole Superman storyline, uh, one of the things I also read and, and listened to after I saw the movie was they were complaining about the uh, the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. Thinking saying that the whole scene in the Capitol where it blows up and the whole thing and him Superman attending this hearing was completely unnecessary. Now I disagree with him in the sense that everyone's Well now they're saying everything's unnecessary. That was a good scene. Right. Well, I saw that scene as, okay, the critic may have hated that scene and and thought it was unnecessary. I saw it as everyone's hating on Superman because of what happened in the previous movie. They're still not necessarily happy with him. He's still doing certain things. At least they imply that they're still making the public uneasy. He goes to attend this hearing to try and be good and do what he feels is right, you know, to answer, to ease people's fears. And this guy in this wheelchair who was given by Lex, which I kind of thought, okay, something's going on. If Lex is giving this guy a, a wheelchair, something's no. going to come about. And I was right. It ended up blowing up and taking out everyone in the Capitol building. And then afterwards, you see this these small little scenes where basically, okay, is Superman to blame for the bombing? Was he a part of it? To me, it just helped yeah. vilify Superman. Yeah, because it doesn't take a rocket scientist scientist to figure this out. out, Right. I mean, this isn't that hard of a movie to... And I really thought that scene is necessary because once you vilify him thinking, okay, now he's also a part of possibly a conspiracy of blowing up the Capitol. When it comes time to the end of the movie, which we'll get to here in a little bit, to me, it's his redemption. Because then when you get to all those end scenes at the movie after everything's playing out and you're you're going through all this somber ending, people are realizing, hey, this guy's not as bad as we thought. This yeah. guy is our hero. This guy deserves to be here with us. So to me, if you take that scene out, the ending of the whole movie does not make sense then. Yeah. At least it wouldn't in my book. Yeah. Because then, then he has no reason to make the sacrifice play at the end of the movie. No, that was a good scene. That's like one of the... There are there are some bad scenes in the movie. That is one of the objectionally good mo- scenes in the movie. That guy, his podcast is stupid. Podcast sucks. That's what I just didn't understand. And so listening to this, and it's like, what part of the movie are you... Why are you hating on this particular scene? It's and, because and- we live in a world where it's trendy to hate things. There's a lot in this movie that deserves to be criticized. And I will get to that because I... I I'm not quite as on board with this movie as you are. The movie got a 30%. I think it deserved a 60. I think it got a bum rap, but I also am not going to like praise its name. I, and that's fine. That that was a good scene. Uh, and like you said, pretty much sets up the idea that Superman is getting blamed for more deaths. That's the obvious part. Uh-huh. It, which, like, if you can't figure that out, you might be an idiot. I don't know. I'm just flabbergasted of how stupid people are. But the second aspect of it is he didn't detect the bomb. No. So Lex Luthor 
Lex Luthor is experimenting with him. So not only does he kill off that senator that he doesn't like, he also puts more public scrutiny on Superman. Superman. And finally, he is able to experiment with what Superman's limits are. Whatever the wheelchair wheelchair was made out of. Lead. That's right. That's what I took it as when he said, I didn't see it coming. That right there clicked my head. He he made part of that wheelchair out of lead. So Lex figured figured out out that he has has x-ray vision. Okay. Right. Yeah. See, I mean, it's it's not that hard to figure out. Like these movies aren't like they're not Shakespeare. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, right? They're they're pretty easy to figure and, out. And I also heard a, a lot of criticisms of for a superhero movie. This movie's not very heroic. Well, when you got a, a title called Batman versus Superman, they're not necessarily be out for them saving the world. It's two guys who want to go after each other at this point or have differences they need to settle between each other. And I wasn't expecting them to go out and save the world. Now, technically, yes, they did. It's so to speak in the end together but this was a movie about two heroes trying to figure out how to deal with each other in the same universe i was never expecting anything heroic out of those two guys in the first place now i was expecting it out of the first movie i will say that criticism does apply for the first movie this one i i'm kind of with you on this one i i read plenty of comic books where two heroes fight and who says and then at the end of the movie they're like oh we were on the same side all along like i knew that's what this was going to be who says you have to have a superhero movie where both of your quote main characters have to be heroic well they both kind of i mean they were in a certain sense but i'm saying is there's nothing saying that they have to be out and be heroic the entire movie and be quote what you expect them to be because that's what you're used to in the comics yeah i i'm I'm with you about halfway there i'm with you about halfway like i i do have a I do think that Zack Snyder does have a tendency. I had a bigger issue with it on the first one. To forget the core of superheroes about being a hero. It's not about like beating people up all the time. Now, just because I'm giving giving Zack Snyder and them a pass on this movie in that regard doesn't necessarily mean that carries over to the Justice League movie. No. Because I don't want to see a lot of infighting in the Justice League movie. I expect to see heroes who may have minor disagreements with each other because even the Marvel heroes in, in, in the Marvel Universe have disagreements but in the end they still work together to get the job done well and i mean again civil war that's what how many movies into this i mean this yeah and this is right after age of ultron there was definitely i i re-watched that movie again here recently and there's definitely a rift between the characters at the end of age of ultron it's not apparent it's not obvious i wouldn't say it's not apparent but it's not super obvious but when you watch that movie again like you can see like they're not too happy with tony and for good reason, like, he created a supervillain. Tony is, like, one death in the family away from becoming a supervillain himself. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like, he basically is acting like he can do whatever he wants. And some of the other Avengers, like uh, Hawkeye and Captain America, Are those two have a big it. problem with that. Yeah. And, I mean, with that one, again, it's a little more earned. Marvel's earned their place to get to the point where they're getting with Civil War. Yeah. Where, where Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers have basically jumped right in the middle of it all and which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's different it's the way they want to go with it and that's fine it all does feel like they're just like forcing the issue just a little bit yeah it does and there's no way around that it like it really does feel like that by the way was it on my podcast yeah it was on my podcast where you asked me do you think they'll ever do a death of superman storyline and i was like no never well see (laughs) see see, this is why was i wrong see this is what this is what i was 
going to get to here. I knew Doomsday was in the movie. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, they with, blew it by throwing it on the it, they should on have that, done that second or third trailer they put out of the three or four they they did. They revealed it. Okay, you can't take it back. And even with seeing and knowing going into the movie that they were having Doomsday, I still did not see that ending of the movie coming. Yeah. I really didn't think... Although it makes sense why we it, don't see a Man of Steel 2, so to speak. speak. anytime soon. Yeah. I was still like, oh my god, they actually went there. I did not see them actually, quote, doing the death of Superman. Now, I know in the comics, you know, Doomsday kills Superman. We, we've talked about this before. I think it was on your podcast mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. yeah, when we did our Batman slash Superman review. But I still didn't see it coming. Yeah, I didn't either. I really thought that really made, to me, the whole Senate scene and everything before that with Superman, it really, to me, that made the ending what it what it was. Now, they yeah. gave you that brief glimpse of hope at the very end. You know, they show the coffin and after Lois tosses the dirt on there so now everyone... and you see that dirt just rise up just a little bit and then of course they they cut the black and they go to credits yeah so they're, they're giving you hope but i still did not see them coming and actually going through with that technically killing superman which i think now when you're moving forward in the justice league will turn people's opinion about superman at least in what universe Zack snyder has created they'll see him now in a different light he won't be, quote, vilified as the alien who shouldn't be here. I can't help it. Like, I don't hate Zack Snyder, but it's too easy to rip on him. It's just like, I, I made fun of him years ago when this movie came out, but all those obvious Jesus Christ references thrown all over the place, it's like, okay, I get it. He is Jesus now. He's going to rise. He is risen. There we go. So everyone knows Clark Kent is Superman now, right? Well, because if you quickly saw on the paper that Perry opened up, yeah. And he tosses that one page down real quick, and you see you, you see him, whatever, it says, you know, Superman's dead, or Death of Superman, whatever it said. And he opens it up, and it says, one of our own, and it shows a picture of Clark Kent. Yeah. I didn't catch that quick enough. Maybe in the extended version that they're going to release, maybe they'll put a little bit more onto that on the ending. It looked like there were two different coffins, like... Like it was two different funerals going on at the same time. Is that what happened? It's, well, possibly explain. Oh, Clark Kent also died in all this. One of our own. There was the coffin with super with the Superman symbol, right? And then the black I one. I swear there was like another coffin that was just a normal one, right? The wooden one that was back in uh, his his mom's farmhouse so would, so would in Smallville. Have, maybe I, I the think, government. I think what they've done, they, they gave a public funeral with an empty coffin, the black one with the silver Superman logo that you saw like the like you would do for presidents who have passed away they've done that one publicly because quote superman's dead no with probably nothing actually in that coffin clark's body slash superman is actually in the wooden coffin in quote smallville being buried in kansas because you saw his mom yeah, do you, put yeah, the yeah and that flower. was a lot smaller now right. do you think that was i think that's where the body really is but obviously. do you think that was uh do you think it was a covered up and b was it covered up by batman or the military or both or I, i'm gonna guess you don't think it was the military i, I think well, the military was there though at Batman's funeral, weren't they? Or Clark's funeral, or were they at Superman's? Funeral? No, they're only at remember. Superman's funeral. Okay, they're only at Superman's funeral that I'm aware of. And according to um, what I've read, the ending is supposed to be a little bit more explained and a little bit longer in detail. So maybe in the extended edition, you'll get more of what they're actually doing. But from what I, I gather, that movie needs to be any longer. <laughs> but from what I gathered is they they've technically had two two funerals, no. one for Superman and one for Clark. No. And that's what the public thinks. So I think that paper, what he's, what Perry opens up is the front page, yeah, Superman died. And then the other page where you saw Clark is uh, one of our own reporters also died in covering it, would be my guess is how they're doing that. Okay. That makes sense. That doesn't Because I don't think you'd, I, for a second, I thought, wait a minute, did they reveal that Superman was Clark or Clark was Superman? Because I don't me, think they did. Because to me, that would be very dangerous 
going forward with Justice League. Talking to you with it, like I don't, I think you're right. I think it was two different funerals, and they didn't reveal. His and they kind of intertwined them together. Yeah, one was more of a public for Superman. The other mm-hmm. one was a very private one. For Clark Kent was just killed in the, yeah, in, in the, the like taking photos like Spider Man. Right. There's a there's a thing here uh, regarding. Oh, Wonder Woman was great. Also, by oh the way. yes, she was great. I, 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 I love how they and she was great as Diana Prince. I I love. How I they, didn't know who that actress was, but um, I don't. I don't know. I think she's been in stuff, but I don't. She I don't was know. in Fast and Furious Four. Is that what? Okay, I've never seen that one. So yeah, I didn't know who she was. I thought she was really good. She's actually from Israel. I think she's gonna have a good movie. Did you notice the little black and white picture? Did you pay attention? Oh to yeah, it? that was cool. Did yeah. you notice who was on the? As you're looking at the screen, who was on the? Would have been our left on that picture. No, that was Chris Pine. Oh, was it? Okay, so he's playing. Uh, Trevor. Trevor. Thank yes. You. Okay. Yes. I did not know. And that's that. from 1918 during World War One. I. I wonder why they're going with World. Oh, I think I know why. Instead of World War Two, because of Captain America. America, they're trying to different. Which that's is, I don't right. care. That's yeah. fine. There's a thing here that I, I printed out because uh, someone had asked Snyder with uh, killing off Superman, have they made the decision on Superman's return? You know, decided yet, not decided. His remarks to that was, I'm going to say this. The second you do the first part of it, the death and resurrection are the same thing in a weird way. You have to know the reason I wanted to do it the way we did is it is because I don't want the audience completely off the hook with it. They still have to go like, what the fuck, are you kidding me? There's a way to signal towards a more definitive resurrection concept, but I didn't want to do that because I want that to be real for them when they see it. I want the experience to be real and then the sort of need to be real later on. It's to say there is a plan, but that's going to be you need to wait and see. So obviously, when they made the decision to kill him off at the end of this, they already knew how they're going to bring him back now whether or not that's at the first part of the justice league or if it takes the entire first movie to do that i don't know so they're gonna bring superman back are they gonna bring zach back oh oh well see that movie technically starts uh uh, filming april 11th yeah so i mean we need to follow i'm gonna be following the news on this like i don't know how much of a like it or not like this movie's the movie made enough money to where it's gonna surpass what man of steel made in the theater it made enough money to where it's gonna keep the series alive at least for one more movie it's gonna get to justice league I am going to say, though, twice in a row with less than stellar reviews, like, but, well, there has to come a point where, like, this isn't Transformers. Right. Well, I was going to ask. This isn't Transformers. Well, I was going to ask you, though, could it possibly Warner Brothers ends up having their, quote, Transformers series like Paramount's got with Transformers? No. Where, t- where you constantly get movies who keep getting worse and worse reviews, but for some reason, the movies keep making more and more money at the box office no, like the Transformers I'll, has? I'll tell you why. Um... I, I don't think so, because Transformers are toys. I, I know, like, Batman and Superman are for kids, but they're they're still held at, like, a higher regard, I think, than Transformers. Uh-huh. Transformers are toys. People love them. That's great. But, you know, no one has ever read a Transformers story or watched a Transformers movie looking for, like, a great story or looking for, like, a metaphor for social life in America the way they do with comic books. I don't think that that has ever happened, and I could be wrong. I don't think that they're held at the same regard that these characters are. Like, I think you can get away with making movies that, let's be honest, are kind of dumb with Transformers. You can get away with keeping Michael Michael Bay. I don't think that you can do that with these. And I think Zack Snyder, I like this movie, 
I think I liked it better than the first one, although I can't say for sure. But I'm ready to see someone else do this now. I'm ready to get him out of there. He's weird. I, I don't know. Well, I know he's I know he's going to be directing uh, the first Justice League movie. Uh, chances he directs the second Justice League movie? Well, or, or is that going to be dependent on what the first one does at the box office? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to do this back-to-back filming. No, they're, no, they're not planning on doing like, it. I think that Ben Affleck is regretting the fact that they're doing a back-to-back. I don't know. And like I said, we've got about a month now before they start filming. I am going to be heavily checking the news. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, let's not forget, Edgar Wright dropped out of Ant-Man at the last second. But in the same sense, though, I think Warner Brothers has got the wheels too far in motion for them to either A, want to, even if they would want to drop Zack Snyder right now, I don't think it's going to happen, at least not for the first Justice League Well, movie. and I, I think... think I think the first Justice League movie is moving forward regardless of what anyone thinks says well and or, I think cares about Zack Snyder that they're at least gonna let him go through and at least start well, and do the filming of the direct the, the first Justice League and I think that's movie. ultimately the big problem with DC is that with with Warner Brothers is that they are basically went into this with this an uh, insane amount of hubris to say that and let's not forget I think Green Lantern was originally supposed to kickstart this but it tanked so they're like okay forget Green Lantern so they're like man of steel we'll start go and they've already mapped everything out before they even know what people really like Uh and you know like with marvel yeah they they had some planning and yes they had to take out a huge loan to get this going i mean they had to work their butts off to get the amount of money they needed to do a five-part movie series that was by and large unrelated to each other or excuse me, a six-part movie series that was by and large unrelated to each other. But DC thinks they can just go in and do whatever they want without really knowing. And, you know, this movie, okay, we're two movies in, and even if I do think the critics were unfair with this movie, which I totally do, that's still two movies where it wasn't like a big where people aren't just like screaming the mm-hmm. praises of these like they were with Iron Man or Thor or the Avengers, you know. I almost to get all this started without even knowing where you stand with the fans was a might have been a big mistake. I, I, I would say that Warner Brothers is gonna take a hard look and see what the critical reaction is gonna be for Suicide Squad and what the critical reaction is going to be for Wonder Woman. Because those are the next two movies out before we get Justice League in November of twenty seventeen. Those are the next two movies out now that Batman vs. Superman's out. If both those movies get high praises from the critics, two movies that Zack Snyder's not even involved with, I mean, he may be, quote, maybe some sort of producer in some sort of weird way for continuity reasons, which is fine. But if those movies get high praise from the critics and they do extremely well at the box office and then you get to justice league part one yep. and you get another quote let's say 30 percent on rotten tomatoes and even though it still may make money i think at that point warner brothers is going to have to go okay thank you for kicking this off we want you to be involved with it but we are not going to have you direct any more of these movies we want yeah. you to be involved as a producer we want you involved as a continuity from start to finish but we want other directors to come in i'd hate to be a jerk but i really hope that happens because i know that i like like this movie i didn't hate it but i know that his vision is wrong 
it's wrong. I, Especially I don't know. With, I don't, I don't well, know I'm not going to say. I don't me, know if his me, vision is wrong. I just don't think. I just may, don't like it. I, I just maybe maybe <laughs> his way of going about it is wrong. Yeah. His vision may not be wrong, but maybe the way he's going about it might be the wrong. They the need wrong to get thing. somebody else in there. Because I, I think I that's one say, thing that's working for Marvel. You had a uh, uh, John Favreau direct the first two Iron Man movies, mm-hmm. but you really hadn't had anyone direct more than one or two movies at most, and you've had other directors. Joss Whedon directed the first two Avengers, but you've never seen any director direct more than one possibly two and it's always somebody else marvel's yeah. always got fresh eyes on their movies directing and i think that's something warner brothers well, really, warner brothers really needs to the, work it's going to be the russo brothers pretty much from here on. they're going to do four movies yeah right i think they're the exception to the rule at least in marvel's world because yeah. if you look at some of the russo brothers movies they're the ones that are more i want to say politically grounded more intense storylines oh, 100 right where the russo brothers storylines and for what they like to do won't necessarily work for all marvel movies right where, you know, you wouldn't want the Russo brothers directing Ant-Man, just like you wouldn't want whoever was directing Ant-Man in the comedy directing Civil War. Marvel's finding the right directors to fit the style of movies for those characters, and I think Warner Brothers needs to take a look at possibly doing the same thing. Yeah, because... Like, if they wanted Zack Snyder to do a, a Batman movie, that might not have been bad. I, I'll tell you, I don't think he gets Superman at all. At all. Like, I, I don't think he does. I, I'm not so I'm not so upset with Snyder as far as maybe a different take on Superman. I don't have a problem with seeing a different take on Superman, but I think I'm kind of somewhat in line with you. He's maybe taking it just a touch too far. Yeah. I don't mind a little darker and edgier, but it is it's way too far. Is what it is. And I think for what he did with this movie, he's maybe they've tried to correct some of that, maybe, possibly. He did, and then he made more mistakes in, in exchange. I did like one thing, because there was one thing about Man of Steel that everyone complained about, that I am not a big fan of that movie. I, again, I'd probably give it a C. There are things I like about it, things I don't like about it, but there is one thing that I will always defend, and that is when he killed Zod at the end, everyone's like, Superman never kills. It's like, well, which fucking version of Superman never kills? Because, I'm sorry, Superman Superman kills Zod all the time. He, he killed him on the movies, on the old movies, with Christopher Reeves. They don't necessarily tell you that he killed, but they also don't... They he takes away his powers and, and drops him in ice. Like, right. I mean, I mean, he's dead. Yeah. Uh, so he kills him on, on the old movies. He kills him three times in the comics. <laughs> and he, yes, three times. While Zod did not appear on the WB cartoon, a character who's exactly like him called Jack Zar did, and Superman totally killed Jaxar on that movie. So it's like, yes, he kills Zod all the time. It's not like he willy-nilly walked over and broke his neck. Like, he was begging him to stop before he finally, he was at his wits end and he killed him. What I loved about this movie, there was a very self-aware moment where Batman kills that guy that was holding uh, Superman's mom hostage. Uh And I'm more against Batman killing than I am Superman. Like, Superman, I feel like, dude, if it's an alien, kill it. If it's gonna kill humanity, kill it. Whatever. But with Batman, you know, I'm a little more against it. But Batman is killed too. Batman killed on Batman killed in the comics. He's, he's Batman killed on the Christopher Nolan movies. I mean, it was an accident, but he totally lights the entire house of uh, of the League of Shadows on fire while protesting against killing. Which, by the way, funny story: the guy that he swore he wouldn't kill when he accidentally sets that house on fire is probably dead because he was handcuffed. So. <laughs> Like, I love that scene because it's like well, majestically it's shot. Same, but same it's way like at the end, same, goofy. same way at the end of the movie with Liam Neeson's Ra's al Ghul. He goes, you know, Liam Neeson's like, "Have you learned your lessons? I don't have to save you. I don't have to. I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you." And yeah, then he like, lays the train. Yeah, like he he breaks.
breaks a window, so he'll get, jump out or something. It's and like, the train yeah, he's not going li- to live if he jumps out, Batman. And then the train, you know, falls off the track and ends up blowing up. Yeah. So I think people have more more problems with Batman deliberately killing like you, may, like you saw a little bit in this movie than you do in the past movies where well, he, and I, he lets I gotta people say, die. When he, when, he he killed, when he killed that guy that was holding... Uh, Martha Kent hostage. I can accept that. Well, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I feel like that was a self-referential moment where like, it was almost like him winking at the camera. It's like, hey, remember when Superman did this in the last movie and you all hated it? I'm going to do it right now. Well, I also- and I love that. I'm sorry. Like, I thought that was hilarious. I also like it after, you know, he jumps on top of Martha there to save her from the explosion and he looks at her and goes, I'm a friend of your son's. I kind of got that the cape and all yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great scene uh i really liked lex luther i i think the whole cast was great i actually went into it thinking i would hate lex luther uh jesse eisenberg so does luther now know that superman is clark and and well and, yeah because he kidnapped his mom now i couldn't figure out does he know who batman is then too that i don't know i'll have to see it again there was so much crap in that movie like i i don't think he knows who okay. batman is i could be wrong now it's obviously the clark and bruce wayne often know who each other is because at that party when they went to uh, Lux's party Clark was hearing what Alfred was t- saying in Bruce's ear so that kind of gave things away oh, right there. I can't believe we didn't even bring this up yet. I did not see it coming that Batman would actually win the fight. I don't know why I didn't see it coming but Batman totally won that oh, second yeah. fight. He, the second match anyway. Yeah he kicked his ass. Did not see that coming. Now that one part when Lois was trying to get the spear yeah. and then the explosions happened and all that stuff fell down on top where she couldn't get out. My wife looks over at me and goes, are they going to kill off Lois? i like, no, I don't think they would. No, they're just going to kill off the hero. Duh. Uh, would, it, would it have been wrong for Snyder to have killed off Lois if, if they had? For- yeah, I do think so. I, I think... You think that would have pissed off fans even more? Yes, I do. And, I mean, if you're going to kill off Lois Lane, wait a couple movies first. Lois Lane is to Superman... Lois Lane is to Superman what Robin is to Batman. Or Alfred. No, no gay joke intended. But, uh, or Alfred is to Superman. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, like, I mean, you, she's she's a hugely important part of that story. Like, she always has been. And I think it made Superman's sacrifice at the end a little bit more meaning. Because I think when he said, they're right, this is not my world. You know, it's it's your world. And then he goes out and make, takes that spear and makes a sacrifice play in the Doomsday. I think she kind of realized, okay, he's may do something stupid. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think killing off Lois Lane would have been a big mistake. Killing off Gwen Stacy is one thing because she died in the comics. Killing off Rachel Dawes is another thing because that character seemed like she was created just to be killed off anyway. But Lois, that is kind of if... I'm not saying you should never kill off that character, but I'm not saying you should never kill off that character, but if you're going to kill it off... It better be the last movie in the series. And he better not be Zack Snyder. And it better be the last movie in the entire Superman series that you plan on doing with that particular... Yeah, I think so. Unless you decide to do... I think that probably should be the last one. Lex Luthor kidnapping his mom, I thought was brilliant. And actually, I gotta say, like, Doomsday, not to use this word again, but Doomsday was almost unnecessary. I guess since you wanted to kill off... uh, You had to... 
Superman, but I, I kind of feel like they could have not killed off Superman and still had a really good story of Lex Luthor kidnapped his mom and now Superman has to fight Batman in order to get his mom back and holy cow Batman has kryptonite like that's a story right there it doesn't even need doomsday well and it hadn't been for um, Lois all of a sudden running in and getting in front of Batman going you know because Batman's having this flashback now because you know Superman kept saying Martha gotta save Martha and he's like well why'd you say that and he's having that flashback I really like that by the way I never put two and two together he he was about ready to kill Superman himself yeah and it hadn't been for lois your movie would have ended right there yeah since we've been kind of harshing on the critics a little bit i printed out a bunch or not a bunch but i printed out several of some of the really harsh critics out there now i didn't put who they're from i'll start with one here it says no major blockbuster in years has been incoherently structured this seemingly uninterested in telling a story with clarity and purpose it grumbles along for what feels like forever jinxing from the subplot to subplot yeah until two shatterly expensive looking fights happen back to back and the whole thing crunches to a halt i gotta be honest with you i don't disagree with that i really don't like that is uh the narrative of this story is very incoherent at times uh there's about 10 different subplots going on it could have been cut down quite a bit we could have either focused more on these characters or just made the movie a little shorter it's like i even said like i wasn't even sure if we needed a doomsday battle at the end like i i think without doomsday it still would have been kind of a better climax even just to have batman and superman duke it out and then at the end they join wonder woman and or at least cut the doomsday thing like that was like a 30 minute fight after a much more interesting 30 minute fight <laughs> between Batman and Superman like the the one with Doomsday just went on forever now I just thought of this the little codex that Luther had that you pulled mm-hmm. out when in, in Zod's ship yeah. and then he let go back in you think that all codex will have something to do with bringing back Superman it could I don't I don't know how they're gonna bring him back honestly it didn't really make sense in the comics so it's not gonna make sense in the movies but okay, um, okay. I, I, was, um, I was just curious I actually don't disagree with that at all Okay. That. Uh, what what do you think? Yeah, some of it was a little incoherent at times, and and it seemed like it was it was rushed. But then again, I was looking at probably from a different point of view from what you're looking at. Yeah. I mean, I was looking to be entertained, and I was. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just enjoyed seeing those two go after each other and and seeing how they were going to do it. Oh yeah. Um, here's another one. This is what happens when you give a bad director a quarter billion billion or so dollars <laughs> while doing all possibly you can to make sure every creative decision he makes is motivated by sheer panic. Catch Marvel? Set up the next 10 movies? Batman versus Superman has no room to breathe even at 151 minutes, 30 or 40 of which are actually pleasurable. I'll agree with part of that. Again, I bitched about him this whole podcast. I bitch about him every time we talk about Man of Steel. <laughs> Zack Snyder's not the right guy for this certainly dc is panicking to catch up with marvel i agree with all that the idea of only 20 minutes of pleasurable moments minutes of this movie is absurd there are at least 30 pleasurable well i also like i'm kidding i also liked early on and they showed how Batman has his voice by a little because oh, Alfred yeah. was working on it. I, so I like they explained too. how his voice is so weird, dude. That is classic Snyder. Like, like he will go and he will do everything he can to like explain stuff that people don't. It was care a subtle, <laughs> and it was a subtle. It was a subtle explanation without yeah. having to spend ten minutes on it. Yeah, it was like, oh, uh, uh, I'm testing. Uh, okay, well, I guess that'll be fun. that way. You didn't have to go. Well, how the hell is he changing his voice? How is he making his voice sound that way? Th- that is. It, true. So, which I was fine. Which also helps me retroactively 
succinctly explain it on the Dark Knight. It's like, oh, of course he had a voice box in his. Well, it's it's better than you know him him trying to sound all like he's got a fur ball after cleaning his cat. Here's here's another one. There's a concept in American jurisprudence called fruit of the poisonous tree. It means evidence that is obtained illegal illegally cannot be used in court. It means that the product of something bad remains bad. The deeply unpleasant Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice is in a different sense. The fruit of the poisonous tree is that equally acceptable 2013 Man of Steel, though both would be valuable exhibits if comic book fans ever sue director of both Zack Snyder for character assassination on behalf of the titular heroes. Okay, first off, what a douchey, pretentious, over-the-top... Like, that's what I hate about critics, is when they get overly pretentious. It's like, dude, it's a freaking movie about a guy who flies and a guy who dresses like a bat, okay? But, um, (laughs) yeah, also, I don't like the idea of, even in an absurd plane, which he is going for for absurdity no one no one is ever going to sue a director i don't like talking about suing somebody because you don't like their movie this is neither the worst superman nor the worst batman movie ever made no no and i would say it's probably as far as superman is concerned it's probably in the middle Batman. Uh, it's definitely better. This incarnation. Well, it's better Batman. than both Schumacher. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't actually seen Batman Forever in <laughs> Forever, so I can't really remember. Can't really say for sure, but I can. I'd put it above. I can bet. I'm not going to guarantee, but I can bet that this movie's better than Batman Forever. I, I didn't like Batman Forever when I was a kid. I'd almost put this incarnation of Batman, just from what I've seen in this movie, above Batman Returns. Hold on. Hold on. We're not talking about the incarnation of Batman. I, I would say Ben Affleck's Batman is probably might be the second second or third best. Uh, I'm just saying as a movie, as a Batman movie, uh-huh. I would put this at least above the two Schumacher films. I don't know if I'd put it above Batman Returns, though. I, I don't think I would. But I, I, have think different, it would be... I have different issues with Batman Returns than I think... Oh, I've got do. plenty of issues with Batman Returns. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> That's not a great movie either. But um, I, I don't know if I would put this one above it. I'd probably put it maybe a step... I don't know where I'd put it. Maybe about the same. I'd really um, like to see what Warner Brothers lets Ben Affleck direct and write and star in, in, in a well, solo Batman movie. Well, he's supposed to direct one. They haven't announced anything officially, but and I just saw online today where it was announced that Affleck does have a completed script now. So all the problems in this movie are not Affleck's fault. No, but I would love to see what where Affleck takes this character by himself. Oh, for me a too. Song, I would, me too, I would yeah. really love me to too. see that. That could be, end up being the, the all-time greatest. Even if they only did one Batman movie, it could. I'm not saying it would be. I'm not saying it would ever oh. be. I'm just saying it could possibly be, especially if Zack Snyder has nothing to do with it, it could possibly be a really entertaining and good Batman movie. Slim chance. Could end up being a really... Inter- oh, of course it could. I thought you were about to say could be the best. And I'm like, ugh. Never uh, say never. Never I, say I'm never. Not. Never I'm, say never. But I am going to say slim chance that this will be better than The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Not anything against Affleck. It's just those movies are amazing. Right. Like, But, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I thought you were saying, like, it could be the best. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I don't know about that. Here's another one. It says a lot of every depressing thing about our world right now. That this astonishing dumb film has real-life perils. Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice is the story of a self-important billionaire with a casual attitude to the truth. Who 
becomes paranoid about a segment of the immigrant population. He decides to take a brutal and, as it happens, entirely unjustified and even self-endangering action against the immigrant to benefit of a rich psychopath who wants to distract everyone from their own nefarious grasp at power. Hmm. It's interesting. Interesting. Bit of a stretch, but interesting. I think he's basically saying, why does Bruce Wayne care about Superman and why does he feel so damn... That is actually you know, a good point of the billionaires trying to get rid of the immigrants. That that is a good point. I mean, I, I, see, when I re, when I first read this, it's like, okay, are you talking about Bruce Wayne or are you talking about Donald Trump? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: if you're going to compare it to Donald Trump, that doesn't work because no. Trump wasn't running for president when this movie was almost finished. I mean, <laughs> but it, that is a good point. That I, it, there definitely is a good point of Superman has for a long time been whether intentional or not kind of a kind of an allegory for immigration not always intentional it's definitely here in this movie is it intentional some of it might be although the idea of the rich people trying to get rid of them that's a really good point i i don't know if that was intentional but that's actually pretty interesting think it's a bit of a stretch but yeah it's actually <laughs> kind of interesting uh the last one here the one character who comes off as remotely likable is wonder woman and that's because she seems like the only person who is happy to be in the in this movie <laughs> Snyder has mistaken mistaken seriousness for absence of joy but a movie can have heart and even humor while being serious seriousness comes from the stakes and Batman versus Superman bends over backwards to create them and still turns out to be a complete and utter mess that relies on coincidence and senseless action the way the Justice League characters are introduced in Batman versus Superman is underwhelming and perfunctory and the illusions to the upcoming threats are handled in such a confused manner that it will leave many theater goers scratching their heads. Yeah, I don't really disagree with that one either. That's actually like long been a problem with uh, Snyder, even when he was doing like, even when he did Watchmen, mm -hmm. um, which Watchmen, Watchmen is like, Watchmen got four stars all around. Like people love that movie. But even with Watchmen, uh, there was kind of a, I guess joylessness is the word that I'm looking for. The book is dark. The book is deep, but it's not devoid of joy. And the movie kind of is. That has been kind of an issue with him. Like, he does have a tendency to, like, to suck the joy out of everything. I don't know how he does it, but he does have a tendency. He does have that tendency. All of his movies are kind of like that. What else was that person bitching about? I do like the uh, Wonder Woman's the only person happy to be in the movie. That is pretty funny, because there was kind of a... That is actually fairly spot on. I'm not saying the other people aren't happy to be there, but... I think he's referring to the character aspect, yeah. not necessarily the actors yeah, in the too. movie. Like, everyone else is, like, so gloomy and like, kind of fairly spot on on how I feel about him. I don't think this one's necessarily out of line. Now, I do want to mention here real quick that uh, it was announced before the movie that there was going to be a Blu-ray version was going to have the full extended, all the deleted scenes put back in, three-hour R-rated cut of the movie. It was originally announced that it was supposed to be July 16th. Warner Brothers has now since come out here, since the movie's come out, saying that that July release date is actually inaccurate. And that they actually haven't officially announced a release date for the Blu-ray yet. That, yeah. For the release or for the R-rated release? For, for the R-rated release. 
which is also be the, when the Blu-ray, the, the theatrical version also comes out. The date of July 16th is not accurate. Yes, they still plan on releasing the R-rated cut along with the theatrical version, but they have not officially set the date yet. Mm. So it is coming. It's just this initial re, uh, report that came out that said it was supposed to be July 16th is not accurate. No. If you've written July 16th down on your calendar, you can unscratch it. So no. you'll have to wait for what Warner Brothers, when they're going to put it out. Now, do you think that was a good or bad move on their part to sit there and say a day or two before the movie actually hit theaters oh by the way we're gonna have a a, an extra half hour r-rated version of this movie coming out when it comes home video that was another example of them scrambling and jumping because deadpool had an r rating to me that's something that should have been waited to be announced at least a week two three weeks after the movie had been in the theaters no i mean they're they're desperate i mean you can't totally blame Zack snyder you you can give him a lot of blame for stuff that you don't like but warner brothers is just so desperate right now like they are just i mean come on they had less than a decade ago they had three great batman movies it's let this just let this flow like just just make Uh some good movies you know i mean you can kind of follow what marvel is doing a little bit without copying them exactly like you don't have to necessarily or have to go 180 degrees and go completely just dark well the the fact is every time you have a batman or superman movie come out that is going to be in top competition with whatever marvel's dishing out because everybody knows who batman uh, Batman and superman are are. sure the competition's gotten a little higher since i added spider-man but i mean you know still like batman and superman are still bigger than anyone Uh in marvel it's just because they're better known they're they're well known they're older they're older all the superhero movies you were getting before the marvel cinematic universe were either superman or Batman. yeah and that's so the thing that's like they, they really with. don't they really don't have to act so desperate this movie made a lot of money the reviews weren't even that now, great now something else like like they don't have to be so desperate now about something this. else the critics have been just harping on since the movie came out was oh fans have must have realized what we were complaining about all along because there was such a big drop off from the saturday and Sun- friday and saturday box office into sunday was there really there was a huge drop-off in, in, in the box office totals. The Friday and Saturdays were, were up there, and then Sunday dropped off hugely. And they're like, oh, the fans must have realized it. But Sunday was Easter. That's my like, point. I mean, like, hello? I, I actually it, saw it on Easter. You know, it could have been Star Wars The Force Awakens coming out this past weekend. You know, it's funny. And, it's... And, and it hit Easter, and there probably still would have been a drop-off because it's Easter. People had better things to do than go to you the know, movie it's funny. theater. Since this, since this version of Superman is like Jesus, it's it's funny that it was released on Good friday <laughs> and he just like jesus died on good friday and well i guess he wasn't risen on easter but maybe next easter he will be but, but anyway I, I just find that funny that the critics have tried to turn that that huge drop off on the sunday's box office returns as like the fans have finally realized it it's like no it's easter yeah you could have put star wars out there you could have put any big movie out there you could have put civil war out there at that time and i bet you there still would have been that same drop off from Saturday into Sunday. People had better things to do with their families than to go well, to a movie Sunday theater. Sunday usually drop off anyway? I think they're looking at all the past where all these big blockbusters have always had when they've had big opening weekends have always stayed pretty much the same all the way across. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden this one took went, huh, and then uh, it's because it was a holiday. It was a major religious holiday and people had other things to go do and you can't blame them for it. No. And it's not necessarily that the fans realize what they were, what the critics were saying. 
thing. I think a lot of fans who are not necessarily like you and me or even the critics who don't necessarily have the knowledge of what all went on in the comics or have gone on in the comics over the last 50, 60 years aren't looking at it in that way. They went out, ooh, Batman's taking on Superman. Okay, cool. They went out, they saw what they considered a good action flick, and if they enjoyed it, hey, they liked it. Yeah. So they're not looking at it in the, in, in the critical sense that some of everyone else is maybe like you and I are looking at it to a certain extent or like the critics are, are looking at it and just throwing it off the bridge and not even caring because they feel it's so bad. The average Joe Blow public is going to see a good action superhero flick. And if they like it and they keep want to go back, great. You're still not going to get the return viewing like you would a Star Wars movie, per se. I don't think it's going to have that kind of repeat viewing constantly. You, you know, you might get some of us going back a second time, but I don't think you're going to get the, the some of the people that you heard went three, four, and five times like they did to go see Star Wars. I am going to say that is where they need to back off on the dark uh-huh. aspects of this because I think if they would have tried to make it a little bit more lighter, a little a little bit more at least joyful. I'm going to keep you I like that word joy and joyless like it, it really does kind of work for this. I think there might be more return. It could have been. I mean, it's Batman and Superman. It could be it could have been as big as Star Wars. Well, no, it could have been almost as big as Star Wars. But you know, Star Wars there's a lot of joy in Star Wars. Oh yeah. There's I mean there's but, a lot of sadness too. There's a big range. But there's also a lot of nostalgia that went along with the Of course. Awakens. Oh, of course. But I mean Batman and Superman, that's nostalgia paradise right there. I do think they need to look at this and say and back off on the darkness a little bit. It's okay to make a movie a little bit dark, but you got to have like a wide range. You can't make every scene dark and gloomy. You know, even Nolan's Batman, they were pretty damn gloomy. They still had fun scenes they uh-huh. still had scenes where of people enjoying life i i don't know i can't really explain it but yeah i don't know i also think that in this world it's uh very trendy to be a to be snooty and to say everything sucks it's been getting worse i'm guilty of that like i've tried to stop i know i'm criticizing this movie i, I like to feel more like i'm critiquing it mm-hmm. rather than criticizing it because i actually think it was a pretty decent movie you know when i first started my podcast i was making fun of stuff and being snooty i i've really tried to quit doing that unless it deserves it (laughs) you know that's just the way this world is now i mean hopefully this trend will go away but i mean i mean this is kind of start around 07 08 and it's just slowly probably even before then like the whole snooty nerd culture has been around for a long time but it's gotten bigger and bigger and there has to come a point where it's we don't know how to make movies like maybe we should like stop acting like we're so smart and just like talk about the movie at any rate i like the movie like i said i didn't love it but i did like it i want to see it again actually i want to see it again real soon that's the big thing like deadpool i was deadpool was a one and done i think deadpool was a better movie for what it was but it was a one and done i had no reason to see it again in theaters after that i think really this movie was definitely made to be seen in the theaters oh yeah if you don't at least see it once in the theaters you're doing yourself an injustice pardon the pun good one you know i liked it it's kind of like star wars to me there's certain movies you have have to experience in the theater mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in this type of superhero movie where you've got batman taking on superman you have to get that full theater experience with 
big widescreen, the rumble in your seat from the action is something you have to see once. It, yeah. Because if you wait to see it on home video, it will not, even if you got the greatest sound, surround sound system in the world, it's still not going to feel exactly the same. No, I agree. Definitely agree. Now, whether whether or not that movie is good when you see it in the theater is a whole other story, but there's some movies you have to see in the theater, I think. I know, like, this is what the second action movie, big action movie like this of the year. There's probably more, but let's oh, be honest, nerd movie of the year. <laughs> but since, like, there's, since there's no, like, season for this anymore, it used oh, to no. be, like, let's just say, starting with Age of Ultron, which came out about a year ago till now, where would you rank this movie? Um, or is that too hard to just throw at you all the time? I, I think I think I would need a list actually in yeah. front of me to sit there and go, oh, well, I, I'll put it here, but above this, but below this, you know? Well, it was better than Fantastic Four. Anything could be better yeah, than Fantastic yeah. Four. No, you know, um, I liked it better than I liked it better than Jurassic World. I didn't like Jurassic World. I looked at Jurassic World and almost in a certain sense like The Force Awakens. And, and when I say that, I mean as far as that movie was, they gave you a decent dinosaur movie. It was better than me. I never really cared for the third Jurassic Park movie. I was no. never, I'm never a big fan of it. My I wife, didn't like the second one either. My wife loves the third one. It's okay. I can watch it. I'm not really that big on it. No. I liked Jurassic World because they also gave you a little bit of that nostalgia feeling from the first movie. Because yeah. those kids run into the where the old park was supposed to have been at. Yeah. And they yeah, run into certain things. Cool, yeah. So, you know, they, they do run into things. And the dinosaur they created to be the badass in that movie was kind of fun to see. It wasn't your typical T-Rex going after it. Now, granted, you did see the T-Rex, and the T-Rex ended up being the, quote, hero dinosaur of the movie, you know, to kill off the, the one that they genetically created. I liked it for the simple fact it was just a mind-numbing movie and I could yeah. enjoy it. I didn't have to think about it. It was it was fun to watch. Yeah. And I like Chris Patton in that movie. I thought he was I thought he was fun in that. Yeah, I did too. So uh, in that respect, I, I liked that movie and it was enjoyable to me. I um I like this one a lot better than Jurassic World though. I like Batman versus Superman a lot better. I will say probably Ultron, Ant Man, Mad Max, Star Wars are all better than this one. I don't know what else came out last year. Now, see, the big thing is to come back this time next year and then compare it to Deadpool, Civil War, Suicide Squad, Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know, all these other... To do uh, like uh, a year uh, list. All these other comic book movies that have come shortly before and now they're going to come out later this year and and see, even after Civil War, Warner Brothers could look at and say, hey, you want to put your characters against each other, look at this. Because that's going to be a telling movie for Warner Brothers. I mean, does... Because if Marvel goes out and kills it with Civil War and Civil War just doubles or triples its box office tolls than what Batman versus Superman did. Now, granted, as you said, Marvel's had a lot longer time to build up to this point. A lot of people who have gone to these movies are more familiar with these characters now. And as you said, they've kind of Marvel's kind of earned this point, so they have more right to kind of if this movie is a little bit more darker than some of their other past, yeah, they've earned that right to do yeah. so. But and also in that same regards, if Civil War would go out and actually earn less than Batman versus Superman, what did Marvel do wrong? You know, that they did just not like all the people fighting was there too many characters involved there's gonna be a lot of questions that are gonna be asked and want to be answered on both sides depending on how civil war does or does not do yeah and i think that's gonna be the big telling this is gonna be the first year you can really compare dc and marvel and say who's doing a better job at least for 2016 because you have two dc movies you've got at least two marvel movies and when i say two marvel movies because you do have doctor strange so you do have an unknown element and and how that's going to go granted it has benedict cumberbatch and he seems to be the popper it thing right now along with 
Chris Pratt. To me, I kind of look at them as kind of like like their Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. No one's not quite sure how that's going to be taken by the fans. What did you think of that scene when he leaves, uh, what is it, Granny's iced tea or whatever? Like, Oh, right yeah. And that he, was pretty, wow. Yeah, and it's was a jar of piss, basically. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Lex Luthor surprised me he was a pretty good villain like like i can complain about things about this movie but anyone who complains about that scene is an idiot I, like I, i'm sorry I, that's I, stupid and i'm assuming they're they've got to be setting up dark side to be either in justice league one or two wouldn't you agree well that's what those flying soldiers were in that dream those are from those are his minions from apocalypse i forget what they're called but they're basically like they're basically like what the chitari were on Avengers, like they're like mindless drones, essentially. That's what they were. Those guys on from Apocalypse. Okay. So I'm assuming he'll at least be in one, or if not both. I was assuming you'd be setting up Darkseid for the second movie. How many? How many Justice League movies are they going to make? Two. Two. You know what? No, they should probably just have them in both and get it over with. Because or do you have a different already? Because like the whole setting up the villain for years on end is already kind of being done by. Or do you have Marvel. a different? Or do you bring in a different villain with trying to resurrect Superman, and then at the very end of the first one, you see Darkseid, and then the whole second movie is dealing with Darkseid. That Side. just sounds too much like what Marvel's doing with Thanos. Yes, like, but it is DC and Zack Snyder we are talking about. Here. I know, but that's probably what they're going to do. But I, I wouldn't do that. But I don't know who like, they would bring in for a, another villain for the first Justice League movie, though. If that's the case, it could just be two, two Darkseid movies. We need to have Brainiac in there. One of these days i think brainiac would like maybe brainiac will be in the next one i mean we're already seeing it they're doing the thanos thing i mean we had the dream with dark sides apocalypse villains i'm sure the next movie is gonna have brainiac and then we're gonna see dark side at the end they're already kind of doing it so so are they taking all the good superman villains away so if they ever do get to a superman 2 a man of steel 2 movie you're not gonna have any decent well, Lex Luthor's still around. Brainiac is a good villain. I think they're probably going to put him on the next uh, Justice League, or on the first Justice League. I don't know. There's other super... Like, there's Bizarro Superman. There's Mr. McSiddleplick, or whatever his name is. That weird dream sequence with Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne, and he saw, like, a, a Flash-type character. That yeah, was actually... That was the Flash. Yeah, that was... Some critics have said that's probably their way of setting up the alternate universe, uh, because the Flash can end up... Because that was Ezra Miller in yeah. that costume is it possibly they may end up in their whatever it is called in the dc universe i don't remember you got the reverse flash and all that crap and all those weird back, oh, yeah. back ass word superheroes it could could but i don't know if they would do that to me you're gonna spend a lot of first part of this of justice league trying to bring in those other characters i would be my guess yeah the injustice league as yeah. they're called or whatever i think that's what they're called the injustice like yeah, good right. one guys yeah. like there's a lot of different storylines that they could do what would you give uh batman for superman as a as a grade a c a c i'd give it probably a straight c i'll have to see it again i'm if i see it a second time i might end up bumping it up to a c plus like i said i i feel like i liked it better than Ma- than man of steel and by the way i forgot uh my favorite part of these movies though is uh i think hans zimmer's score for man of steel is wonderful i think it's one of have his you best have scores. you heard anything of the the score for uh, batman versus superman yet uh well from the movie but they redid the man of steel stuff and then the rest Hans Zimmer didn't do the rest because he didn't want to do any more Batman, which I can understand. 
Um, so the rest was his like protege, forget his name, who did the rest of the movie. Now, Batman and Wonder Woman each have their own theme. What's funny is my friend liked the Batman theme and didn't care for the Wonder Woman theme, and I'm the opposite. I thought the Wonder Woman theme was cool, and the Batman was like, eh. But um, I also saw online today, as of this recording, uh, Hans Zimmer has said that he's no longer, he will not score any more superhero movies. The really? Batman vs. Superman was his last one. I wonder why. I think from what I quickly read of the article that I saw, that he too tedious, time-consuming, a lot of work, and he, he wants to move on to other things. Yeah. I don't blame him. I don't know. It's got to be weird to like have to reinvent another Batman theme after and maybe you that's reinvented what, it. Maybe I, that's what he's... I'm sure that has something to do. Because I know he didn't do the theme for Batman. It, it, it's either this. that or, or these movies are just taking up so much of his time trying to do them and do them right that he's, he's missing out on other projects he wouldn't mind scoring yeah. for and so he has to make the decision theme for interstellar is one of my favorites but yeah his man of steel theme talk about a task by the way making a theme just as good as the old john williams theme like talk about a task oh, and yeah. i think almost as good i think it's in a way just as good as that theme like i mean it's a beautiful theme but yeah i would probably give this one a c how about you i'm gonna be a little easier on it i'm gonna give it a b minus okay simply because i like the whole batman stuff give it a higher score I, I, i'm gonna like, give it a b to I, like I, it a lot I'm, more. I'm gonna give it a b minus now why would you give it a b minus because i figured you would have given it a higher score i give it a b minus for for the simple fact of it probably was just a little too dark yeah for a certain sense they do show batman breaking a lot of his quote own rules but i'm willing to kind of overlook that a little bit because i don't know as much about quote this batman as we've gotten to know in previous batman mm-hmm. on the screens i mean we're, we're jumping in into this batman who's technically been supposedly retired for a while after fighting crime for however many years so he's he's got a different look on life and the criminals i think he's a little tired of dealing with them so i don't know how this batman i like the batman batman's my favorite character i like the way they did superman kind of realizing him coming to terms with his own humanity on earth and what it really means him making the sacrifice play i'm not willing to give it an a but i'm, I'm willing to at least give it a b minus maybe a straight b that's fine no but, that's but, totally fine i like the movie i know that like the c seems harsh the stuff that i didn't like i didn't like enough to where i feel like it gets a lower grade you know maybe the dream sequence with uh batman in the desert and superman pulling off the thing maybe that could have been cut out and not needed uh, see that would have worked well for their r-rated right version and supposedly in their r-rated version that's supposed to be extended a little bit too yeah. so i i don't know maybe some of that could have been left out and made a tired story now granted that two and a half hours did go by barely quick for me and seemed like i sat there for two and a half hours to watch a movie it went by pretty quick for me too I, I think the big thing about it i mean i've sat through two and a half hour movies before that seemed like i sat there for four hours because it didn't feel like the damn thing would ever end i think the big problem with it, it's not so much that it was too long it was more that it was too out of focus it's not that i really hated those scenes i just would have liked better if they would have a little tighter focused on their the story a little more mm-hmm. and the movie could have been just as long without them and we could have padded out the doomsday some fight stuff. the doomsday fight could have been slightly shorter yeah that could have i mean they could have left it in to kill off superman but they could have shortened that up just a touch probably give it a c but it i still liked it i'm actually pretty excited to see it again and by the way getting an a for me is really hard (laughs) 
an A for me for a movie has to be like a movie that I will watch over and over again. Uh-huh. Dark Knight has an A. I'd give probably the new Star Wars. I might give that an A, maybe a B plus. Any Star Wars movie that's enjoyable to me that's not Jar Jar infested will get an A out of me. You know, I really like Revenge of the Sith. I think that's a really good movie. Revenge of the Sith is the best out of the uh, prequels. And really, I think that's what everyone was hoping the prequels would be, was something along the lines of Revenge of the Sith, as far as quality and at least story-wise, and none of this Jar Jar and Senate and all this bickering bullshit that they gave us in the first two movies. And also the fact that it seemed like with every movie, you also got a different villain. Maybe I was too high hopes, but you know, I wanted to see that thread flow through like you did in the original. Oh, you're 100% right. You know, where Darth Maul should have never been killed until where Count Dooku was in the third movie. Yeah. That's just my personal because I think no, he, you're 100 because right. I think think if you'd have kept him throughout all three until you killed him off where Dooku was and Revenge of the Sith you could have really made it really did you ever watch really the cartoon great. the uh, Clone Wars yeah oh the Clone Wars that ran for five years oh yeah, yeah I watched every one of them I really okay it's a worth watching it starts out it, it starts out a little slow it has its issues in the first seasons and it plays a little bit too much to the kids a little bit but as they get their footing it gets better in season two it gets better in season three if you stick with it and able to push past it does get a lot better and it is it, it's worth at least a viewing cool. all the way through I'm gonna have to check it out is it still on Netflix last okay. I checked it was I'll have to check it out oh speaking of Netflix I haven't started watching Daredevil season two yet I'm still trying to finish up Jessica Jones before I move on to uh, Daredevil two. I haven't watched Jessica I'll, I'll watch her eventually but like I think I'm just gonna go ahead and skip to Daredevil season two whatever <laughs> who cares <laughs> I'm going out of order oh my gosh yeah I'm pretty excited about that any final thoughts I mean does Marvel have a thing to worry about or should they just worry about their own own universe and just do what they're gonna do Marvel needs to do what they're doing and DC needs to stop worrying about Marvel they need to understand that like people are gonna see these movies there's really no reason to try to make up a competition yeah there's really no reason for it both of these companies have decades of source material to use just use it and don't worry about that but like best possible movie you can make and and let the audience decide batman and superman are two characters that are just like are just freaking merchandise machines there's really no reason to try to it's not like what i'm saying is doing any good i mean the machine's (laughs) already in motion but like i really don't think that there's any real reason for them to be in competition my final thought of batman versus superman i i want to say i know i've come off a little harsh on it in this podcast but i've also come off in defense of it too it's not a perfect movie but i like it and i want to see it again i think anybody at home who's reading these who sees its reviews online it sees that it's getting all these bad reviews go see it yourself because like i said it is not a 30 percent movie it is not it's a decent movie i mean if you really don't like really 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 big action i get it but other than that go check it out i really want to see it again before i make a final judgment (laughs) on it how about you i like batman versus superman it was a really enjoyable uh, superhero action flick Mm -hmm. Uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it myself i love ben affleck as batman he kind of surprised me although the trailers kind of helped cement that even before i kind of saw the movie it's obviously by the end of this movie uh they're kind of making um, batman the center of this universe in a certain sense because since he's the one that's going to be putting together the justice league that's a good point instead of superman so obviously they're changing their focus to batman i mean obviously batman's also got a cameo in the suicide squad i'm gonna guess that sooner or later I'm going to say by the end of this year, you're going to know when a solo Batman movie is going to be coming out because I don't think Warner Brothers is going to want to sit on Affleck not doing a solo Batman movie. And if he's already got a script written, supposedly, and Warner Brothers likes it, 
and if they want him to actually do it, then they better they better give him the go ahead as soon as they can and work it into the slate of schedules. Even if it means you got DC movies three months apart, you better jump on it because you wait too long, and I think you lose a chance to have a really good, at least equal to uh, Christopher Nolan Batman franchise potentially. I won't say it would be as good, but you have that potential of having at least a second good franchise. Was it too dark? Yeah, in places it was a little too dark. Was it kind of jumping all over the place like a like a guy on drugs who was coming off his high? <laughs> at, some, at times, yes. But I enjoyed it. I don't see what the critics saw personally. I don't. Maybe I didn't look at it as hard as they do. Of course, then again, I'm not paid to criticize movies. To the critics who didn't like it, you know, whatever your issues were, you know, sometimes you just got to enjoy a movie to enjoy a movie. And if you can't do that, then maybe you need to rethink what you're doing to get paid. <laughs> right. And if you're a big fanboy and you've got issues with it. Maybe uh, you need a new hobby. Well, maybe you need a hobby and maybe you need to not have such high expectations because Marvel's never followed their comics exactly. And I'm seriously doubt Warner Bros. is ever going to follow their comics exactly. No. And who wants to sit there and see an exact incarnation of a comic storyline in the movies because you're already going to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen before you even step in the theater. And no one wants to pay to go see that. Right. So in that regards, I give you a middle finger to those who are just overly harsh on this movie. Agreed. Some criticism, yes, is needed, and there is some issues, and yes, Warner Brothers needs to correct some issues, and I think pulling Zack Snyder off of the director chair after the first Justice League would probably be a wise move, but then again, it is not my toy, nor am I the one making decisions with billions of dollars on the line. So in that regards, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Make your own judgment, and then... Um, you know, go from there. And that's my rant for the day. James, thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. If you want to listen to any James podcast, you can catch him on the True Believers on uh, YouTube, or you can find a link to both his YouTube and Facebook page on my website, com. You can also, that's where you can find my podcasts on my website or YouTube. Also, the last two or three you can also find on uh, SoundCloud. And of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at Reggie's Take. Thank you for listening. If you've seen Batman vs. Superman, I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it yet and you've listened to this entire podcast what the hell were you thinking you were spoiled and that's your own problem thanks for listening and we'll talk at you next time